0: All right, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we're not going to read through the whole chapter, but in the beginning of the chapter, we see the Apostle Paul, he starts the chapter out by making a biblical argument showing that it is appropriate for a minister of the gospel to reap the carnal things of the people in the church, to to be paid by the church. But then Paul went on to say that, you know what, I've not not done that. He says, I've chosen not to take anything from you. And part of that was because, you know, he, he was able to, for one, but two, he didn't want to be an offense to these people in any way, because it was so important to him that they receive his message. But the truth is, you know, they should have been able to do this, but Paul, I mean, his life was dedicated 100% to winning souls. This man was sold out like nobody we've ever seen. You know, and he had the power, you know, he, it was okay. It would have been okay for him to get married and have kids and do all the stuff that guys like Peter did and the other apostles, but he chose not to do that. He was just that dedicated. What a great example he was. And so he starts out talking about, you know, why he was allowed to take those things, but he chose not to, he didn't want to be an offense to these people at all. And so in verse, but it was his choice. He said, I'm doing this willingly. But then in verse 20, he goes on he says, unto the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews and to them that are under the law as under the law that I might gain them that are under the law to them that are without the law as without law being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ that I might gain them that are without the law. And notice in all these things, when Paul is being like everybody, he's not sinning. He's not violating any law of God to fit in, but the apostle Paul, He's saying, you know what? I will change my customs. I will change my manner of living. I will go against my likes and I'll even put up with some of my dislikes if it will help me to reach people with the gospel. I want them to hear what I had to say. That was what That's what he's doing right here. And so it said, To the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I have made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake. Okay? Hey, Now, he didn't do this for his own personal sake. He didn't even necessarily do this for the sake of the church, to help the church to grow. It was for the gospel, the message. I'm doing this for the sake of the message of the gospel. Why? Because that's what gets people saved. That's what he was dedicated to doing. And he said, "Um, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain and everyone that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Did you know that if you go to uh, talk to an Olympic athlete, they are going to have a very strict diet? Why? Not for religious reasons, but because they're striving for the mastery. And so they're, gonna, they're not going to have things that are anything in their life that's going to hinder them from running the fastest race possible. They've devoted their life to it. They want it that much. Now, let me ask you, what is the apostle Paul made very clear that he has devoted his life to that he wants more than anything? And that's souls. He wants to see people saved. And the key to getting people saved is one. You got to get them to hear the message, all right? If, if, if they won't listen, they haven't got a chance. Okay? Now, some people listen and they reject it. But we all understand the biggest challenge is just getting people to listen. We And we're always working, trying to do whatever we can to make people more likely to just listen to us. Just give us a chance. Let us tell you this. This isn't bad news. This is really good news. In fact, most of the time we're just trying to tell people, hey, did you know you can actually get to heaven way easier than you thought? You've been trying to work for it, and it's actually a free gift that you can have right now and be assured of. I mean, who doesn't want to hear that? But the fact is, getting people to hear it, it can be a real challenge. And so we don't want to do anything that's going to hinder that. And we'll talk about what some of those things are in a little bit. And so he says in verse 26, I therefore run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. And folks, I'm convinced that when he said this here, he's not saying that I would be a castaway or I would be a reprobate, you know, where, you know, I might lose my salvation or I might find out I'm a reprobate. No, I believe he's referring to being cast away by the people that he's trying to reach. That's what I'm convinced this passage is telling us. Paul did not want them that when he had preached to them, that by, by all means, what he's preached to them, when he's done whatever he can do. He did not want to be cast away specifically because he didn't keep his body in subjection. Because he offended these people because of something he ate. He really wanted to win that Jew, but man, he knew that ham was there and he loved his ham, but it offended them and now they won't listen to me. And you know, the Apostle Paul, he had to attitude, you know what, I, I don't want to eat ham if it's going to offend, offend my weaker brother. And he, and he just he was that focused... On winning people and so i'm convinced that that's what that means when it talks about being cast away and so He's talking in this passage about how important it is to keep our body in subjection For the sake of the gospel He was willing to do without certain pleasures Or things that would make his life easier If it would make him more effective for the cause of christ and getting people to hear the gospel in the very next chapter in verse 31 he says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Why don't we want to offend these people? Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Okay, so un- now understand we're going to talk tonight about castaway churches. I'm going to call these castaway churches. Churches. And when I say cast away, I mean being cast away by the world. And you need to understand as a preacher, there's kind of two things that you can do to be an offense. You can do bad things or things that are sinful that will offend people. Or even just things too that are not sinful, like Paul talked about, just, you know, where you can't control your flesh or whatever. You know, there, there's things like that, that you can do, but you know, many preachers today, they are terrified of offending people, not for the gospel's sake, but for their own profit. It's like if, if I offend these people, if I offend our community, then the people are not going to come. They're not going to give in the offerings and then I'm out. And so understand this give not offense to the Jew, the Gentile, the church of God. You got a lot of preachers out there that are trying to make sure they don't offend anyone but it's for their profit. Paul said, I don't want to offend anyone for their profit. So understand that Paul, we're we're going to see, he never sugarcoated the message. He wasn't deceiving people. He told people the truth because the truth is profitable for everyone. But you know, you got to understand, there's a lot of things that it is not profitable for me. You know, if I offend people, okay, it's not profitable for me, but I'm not supposed to be here for my own profit. And so, Paul, he makes these things very clear, but you know, I believe that the reason many people today are rejecting churches in general are, are, are we can kind of put some of these reasons in categories of good reasons and bad reasons, okay? Because let's just face it, a lot of our world today are just done with church. They're, they're, they've they cast away churches. A lot of people that we talk talked about soul winning still claim to be religious, still claim to believe in God and to even be followers of Jesus Christ, but they're rejecting church. They've they've cast it away. And you could say that the preachers in these churches are cast away. But you know there's there's good reasons to be cast away and there's bad reasons to be cast away. Now let me make sure you understand what I I mean when I say cast away for good reasons, okay? Because some people cast away a church just because those people are wicked. And the gospel is an offense to them. Now, if we get cast away for that reason, that's not our fault. Okay? That's not our flesh getting in the way uh, and us seeking our own profit. Okay? And obviously, some of the things that we preach offend people, but they're also profitable. And while those offenses cause us to lose profit, okay? Understand, we're not wrong for doing that because we are not here to profit ourselves. We are here to profit them. So if, if we're going to get cast away, you know, hopefully it's for some of these good reasons. You know, so for example, if you face rejection because people just hate the truth, well, you know what? Good for you. You know, keep it up. In John three nineteen 19 says, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So, listen, I don't care how good we are. We can be equal with the Apostle Paul. We're still going to offend people. We're still going to be cast away by some people, but let it be because they hate the truth and not because we got in the flesh. If we're being hated... Because of our message and closeness to Christ, good for you. And you know what? Good for that church that's rejected for that reason. John 7 7 says, the world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. And so understand a lot of the reason. You know why the Pharisees hated Jesus so much? Because he told them their works were evil. You want to know why you want to know why the homos hate us so much? Because we tell them their works are evil. And they don't like that. And we call out all kinds of stuff, right. and people don't like us because of that. And so, yes, you could say, I, and folks, I mean, I, I've been there. I've knocked on the doors of people who have heard about us and what we say about the homos, and they have been offended and they will not listen to me. And, and so, you could say we're cast away because of that. But you know what? We're not in sin for that. That's not that's not a bad reason. And that's not what the Apostle Paul was talking about here. He wasn't talking about being cast away because, you know, the truth is an offense or, you know, being an offense in that way. There, there's, so there's a good way to be cast away. Maybe that's not the best way to put it, but that's how I'll put it. And so, if, uh, you know, I remember I talked to a guy one time uh, when I was in LaSalle who had gone to another Baptist church in the area that was a good Baptist church. I, I knew the pastor of that church this was from years ago and i remember he told me uh he's like i used to go to baptist church he's like i went to the calvary baptist church but i didn't like that pastor because and i quit going because every time i went there his preaching always made me feel bad and you know that guy rejected that church because of that but you know what i thought good for that pastor he must have been preaching the truth that guy is just wicked and doesn't want anybody preaching on his sins you know it didn't make me think less of that church one bit it made me think good thoughts about about that church when I heard that. So that's going to happen. I'm not talking about castaway churches like that, okay? Our church is a castaway church you could say by some. But I believe for these good reasons and that's not what the apostle Paul was talking about because the apostle Paul himself was he not often rejected? And not only was he rejected, he was rejected violently many times. I mean, literally thrown in prison, beaten, stoned, all the things that he went through. So the point of this passage in in 1 Corinthians 9, it is not about being accepted by whatever means necessary, but making sure we don't allow our flesh to get in the way of reaching others for Christ. There are some things we can't help like those who attack the truth. There's always going to be those that attack the truth out there. We're not going to be accepted by those people. We're going to be, they're going to talk bad about us. But you know what? There are some things we can help. While we can't help the false prophets, while we can't help the sodomites, while we can't help the reprobates and people that want to talk trash about us, what we can do, we can keep our flesh under control and make sure that we and our sin and our bad actions are not causing people to reject our message. This is very important. So if we're going to be rejected or cast away by this community, let it be because we did the right thing and not the wrong thing. And again... There's many reasons that churches are accepted or rejected, but here's what I would call some bad reasons to become cast away, but I, right, and, and understand these reasons I'm going to give you here are kind of, and often appear to be the reason many churches are accepted to what I'm going to tell you, what I'm going to be saying tonight, and hopefully I can express this well, might sound like I'm, I'm there's some conflict with what i'm saying but i hopefully if i can explain it well i think you understand because you know i've kind of got an analytical mind i like to watch i observe i pay attention to what other churches are doing and how you know things work and what works and what doesn't work i i I have a mind that works like that and so um you know i believe that what i'm seeing just goes along with what the bible tells us but we got to be careful because the devil's tricky uh, he uses tricks, he uses deceit, and sometimes things aren't real obvious. And so, Paul, because Paul, you know, he didn't seem to me to be concerned about the physical dangers and opposition that was out there, because those things never seemed to stop the gospel. The things that Paul seemed to be concerned about that would stop the gospel were things with himself. You know, Paul didn't act like, you know, I really hope the Romans. God does something of the Romans so they don't stop the gospel from going forward. He didn't seem like he was worried about the opposition. It seemed like he was worried more about himself, their flesh. It seemed like he was more worried more about the sin in that church. I mean, he barely addresses the outside forces that were violently coming after them during that time. And I think it's because the Apostle Paul knew with the power of the Holy Spirit they could overcome any of those things. So the things that he warned about were the things of their flesh about truth and, and about keeping false doctrine out. Those are the things that he was concerned about. And, uh, you know, so that, you know, what we're, we're, we're at today. We're in a situation today where churches that have been around for decades. And I'm talking about in this community, churches that have been around for decades are literally to a point where they're doing everything they can just trying to give an illusion that they have some kind of relevance to this community. I'm here today to tell you, there are many churches out here, been here decades, that are basically just cast away. Nobody cares about them. Nobody wants them. Nobody needs them. And yet they are falling all over themselves, trying to appear to be relevant and needed in some way. Desperately trying to find some way that they can help literally coming together, having focus groups with other churches. And I went to one trying to figure out how can we do something to make a difference? And you you listen, I sat in, I listened to what these people had to say. And they're basically just trying to figure out what can we possibly do to get noticed? Who can we find that will even want us or need us for anything? And the crazy thing is they, they're, they're to the point where they will spend thousands of dollars, countless hours, just to have some kind of event at their church where people can just come and then it will give them the feeling that they have some sort of relevance and life in that church. When we came out here, I saw a lot of this. I paid a lot of attention to what was going on in the churches out here, especially in some of the Baptist churches. Not long after we started the church here, one of the Southern Baptist churches in town, was dying, dead as a doornail. I mean, the pastor they had in there, I mean, he couldn't get anything done in that church. He just tried to get the auditorium redone. And uh, one of the old timers in the church that put the paneling up 50 years ago told him, he's like, I put that paneling up in the wall before you were born, and when it goes, I go. And the pastor was like, I can't even do anything here, and he left. So what they ended up doing, they ended up shutting the church down, and they did a restart, and then they brought in this guy who just followed every single rule of trendyism that you can possibly do. I mean, I, I, I watched this guy and some of his promos and things he did on Facebook. Fell all over himself trying to be hip, trying to be likable. And I mean, and this guy too received a lot of support from these different organizations in Southern Baptists. He was fully supported. He was out here for maybe two or three years barely got anything done. And I mean, just uh, they spent all this money. The only thing they would ever, their biggest thing they did was like this carnival or fair at their church where they bring in all the bounce houses and fun stuff. And they got a few people to come out. That made a good photo op, made a huge deal about it. That was literally like the biggest thing they accomplished when after two or three years that he was out here, he declared it what they ended up doing. They ended up merging with one of the other Southern Baptist churches in town. And then he went and, took a church somewhere else, and that's pretty much it. And that other church that they merged with is still dying too. Shows you how successful it was. You know what that church was? It was cast away. You know what? Our community looked at that church that wasn't preaching truth, that was trying to be a fun center, and they rejected it. Nobody cared. nobody Nobody wanted what they had. See, churches, they, ha- they have fairs, they have carnivals, they're, they're making meals, they have concerts. Some churches are even playing movies. And yet, nobody cares. Look, look, some of the churches out here, they will spend all kinds of money advertising. They will ha- they'll spend a whole bunch of money providing food and drinks and all these things to get people to come to the church to watch a Hollywood movie, and they can barely get people to show up for that. While the movie theater can charge you a bunch of money for drinks, popcorn to come on. They'll charge money for tickets and then that place will get filled up. You know, w- w- you know what's going on here? You know, and let, let's, let's face it. Churches will never be able to compete with the Jews when it comes to entertainment. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's all there is to it. They will always outdo us. They run the entertainment industry And they know how to get money out of the people. And folks, no matter how hard we trade, we could go, we could clean out our bank account, try to come up with some big event, promoting it, where we just give away things. And we'd be lucky to even fill this place up playing a movie in this church. You know why? People in this town don't care about that. They don't want it. They're not interested in it. They've got big screen TVs in their house. We've got two movie theaters here in town. I mean, they don't need us entertaining them and we're not very good at they don't need us doing concerts okay the city can do concerts the, the the concert halls can do concerts our concerts are going to stink compared to the ones that they're doing because they're going to get the big names they're going to use tax revenue to pay these people to come out our performances are always going to be less than theirs They're not going to be as carnal. They're not going to be as... We're we're never going to accomplish anything that way. And churches today are falling all over themselves trying to do those things and it's failing and people are rejecting it. They don't even realize their churches are being rejected because of that. Now, here's why they don't think that's the case. Because they're falling for the few successes that are being presented to us that we all know about. You know, because... You know, the Jews will allow Joe Osteen to be on the television. Okay? You know, we get to see him. You know, and and, and understand. In every community, you're going to have the one place that's carnal that dominates. Okay? It's going to be the one who puts on the best concerts. That's where everybody's going to go. It's going to be the one that has the best coffee or whatever. That's where that those are the ones that everybody's going to go to. But what we're seeing is is everybody's trying to pattern themselves. You know what this community needs? It needs somebody preaching the truth and there's people out there that want it. Those are the ones that we're going for. We're going for the people that actually want to hear the truth and a lot of churches today are being rejected. People in their churches are leaving because they're seeing these churches compromising, bringing in the liberal music, bringing in the other Bible versions, watering down the message, not preaching the truth, allowing the sodomites to come in and they're like they're saying i don't want this if this is what churches if the churches are going to do this let me out of here and churches are being deceived because they're seeing the joel osteens and the rick warrens and the people that are out the the you know the few that are out there and they're saying we obviously need to be more like them no we don't we don't need to be like them the more we try the more we're going to be the more we're going to be rejected nobody wants it Nobody needs it, and let me tell you—you know—you know who the first people are to go to these rock and roll fun centers. It's former I of beers that were never allowed to do anything. You know, we weren't allowed to go to the rock concerts, we weren't allowed to go to the movies. So, oh, this church does all that stuff, and we're still Christians. I'm in. You know, how dare them legalistic Baptists? You know, put all these burdens on us that we weren't able to carry. And you know what? The problem is. You know, when these churches go liberal, it gets all those former IFBers excited because they finally get the taste of carnality. The problem is, you give them a taste for it, and they're going to keep wanting more. So the question is, how far are you willing to go? Because there's always going to be the more liberal church out there that's even more carnal. And once they get a taste for the real stuff, that's what they're going to want. You know, that's why we, we can't even go there, folks. It's a waste of time and we've got too much competition. And I I figured that out real quick when we started this church that I was like, I don't have the talent, the charisma to compete with the fun centers in this town. But you know what, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you know what, I can have an unlimited amount of that if I'll walk in the spirit and I can preach the truth unfiltered and just depend on the blessings of God. I can't do that. And that's what we've got to be doing. And unfortunately, Christians, they're, they're being deceived. Now, let's look at these reasons the Apostle Paul didn't want to be cast away, because these are the bad reasons. We don't want to be cast away because of these things. And I'm here today to tell you that these churches, that have, to have these pastors that have to have their focus groups to try to figure out some way to be relevant in this community. Don't even realize they have been cast away by this community, and it's for these reasons. It's not because they're just not entertaining enough. That, that, no, and they're not just putting on a good enough show. No, that's not it. It's for these reasons right here. So let's look at why Paul didn't want to be cast away. So we, we're not going to read it again. But in verses 20 through 23, he's talking about, you know, unto the Jew I became as a Jew, unto them that are without the law, as them without the law. Paul did not want to be rejected because he could not control his flesh. That was, one of, that was what Paul was worried about. Paul wasn't. He wasn't worried about you know, rejection because of fear of persecution or because, you know, because of the Romans or just because people didn't like the message. Paul was very aware of the fact that some people aren't going to like the gospel. Paul's talking about those people who want the truth, who have a desire for the truth, those people who are going to listen to him preach. He didn't want them looking at him and seeing him getting in his flesh and just being carnal, and because of that, they're not willing to listen to them. And that we've got to make sure we don't let our flesh get in the way. Because you know there's many people throughout church history, in recent history, who taught the truth, but you know what they did? They fell morally, and now their truth is rejected based on their immorality. And there's, there's a lot of good preachers out there who preached right on salvation, but you know what? They got busted for being adulterers, and some of these guys, I believe, are saved. Hey, I, I believe they were they're, they're saved men. They're going to be in heaven. But you know what? People want to do. They want to talk about that person's morality. I don't want to hear anything they have to say. You know that church is wicked. They did this. That pa- that preacher did this. You know the church didn't care. The church covered it up. Folks, we don't want to be rejected because of that. We've got to, we, we, there's people out there who want to know the truth, that are hungry for the truth. And there's people out there too, who expect some kind of godliness. They expect a church to have people that are decent, that act like Christians. I get it. We're not saved by works, but people have an expectation that children of God act like children of God. And if people are going to go and be a part of a congregation, they want it to be people who love the Lord and care about the Lord and the things that of the Bible. And the last thing we want is somebody coming into this church and we're just all acting like a bunch of heathens. And so they don't want to have anything to do with that. Why? Even if a person has the right gospel, why would anybody want to go to a church where the people act like a bunch of heathens? I mean, people are just, they're full of the devil all week, acting like the devil, talking like him. I don't want to go to that church. I don't, I don't want to be around that kind of thing. I don't, want to, I don't care how good a preacher preaches. I don't care if he's just like us on prophecy, reprobate, doctrine, the whole nine yards, and then he's an adulterer. I don't want to go to that church. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to hear what they have to say. Did you know there's a lot of preachers who have preached a lot of true things about the family, but their families are a mess? Doesn't mean the message is still right. The message is still right, but I don't want to hear it from them. I don't want to hear it from those people, and that's how that's just how people are. Nobody likes a hypocrite so paul he's like, Paul understood that hey I'm a wretched man, I'm still a sinner, but you know what? I've got the Holy Spirit. I need to get my flesh under control, so I'm not a hindrance to to bringing people to christ and so uh second peter two one says but there was false, there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation, slumbereth not notice how these false prophets they often cause the way of truth to be evil spoken of and again a lot of times these guys that turn out to be perverts and stuff are in fact bona fide unsaved false prophets that are there by the devil to just make the truth look bad listen if i was the devil eh, you know i and i'm going to have a guy that's a pervert be a pastor. I'm going to want him preaching salvation like we do. That way, when he gets busted, people will be more likely to reject our message. If I'm preaching the truth or if if I'm the devil and you know, uh, I want to, I want to make the preacher fall. That's preaching the truth about the family. That's preaching against divorce. That's preaching about, you know, raising godly kids. That's preaching it right. He's the guy I want to, you know, I want to use to preach that stuff. Let him become the face of it. Always be aware of somebody who wants to be the face of a doctrine. Always, always beware of that. It's always, listen, we should all be for advancing good doctrine, but we should always be promoting the doctrine, not ourselves. And if you can't talk about the doctrine without it being about a person, there's something wrong. And I, obviously it naturally happens sometimes, but if a person is insistent on them being a focal point of a certain subject—that's a bad sign. Because then, what's going to happen if that person falls? People are going to th- want to throw that subject out too. And you better believe the devil is going to try to do things like that. And it, there, there's a lot of—it pe- oh, people, seems like a lot of the people that have been some of the biggest voices for clear salvation over the years have turned out to be some of the sorriest guys. You know, even like the Neils, you know, from Florida. Those guys have preached salvation right for a long time but then you see all the scandals and stuff involved there and it's like i wish they were preaching something else you know why? because they make truth evil spoken of i don't want them on our side because I, I i don't believe they're one of us but they're saying things that are the same what like the devil uses that folks the devil uses that but understand it's not always false prophets sometimes it's good men and their flesh takes over and it always hurts the message. We do not want that to happen. And so, uh, you, know, Dave, you know, Nathan told David, who was a good man, because of that sin, he'd given great occasion for the enemies of God to blaspheme. So, you know, the reason, we, the last thing we want to do is be rejected or cast away in this community because we're just wicked, because we're sinners. Our message is too important. And you know what? We need to understand how important it is. And we need to understand that we are ambassadors for Christ. We've been made ministers of that gospel. He's God is using us for that. And if we go and we let our flesh get in the way, it's going to hinder that. We need to care more about people's souls than we do about giving our flesh whatever it wants and say, you know what? I get it. I've got a sinful flesh, just like the rest of this world. Even though I'm saved, I've got a sinful flesh. You know, I'm going to deny these things. I'm going to get my body in subjection. Why? Because I don't want to be cast away. I do not want to be cast away. So that was one reason Paul didn't want to be cast away, because he couldn't control his flesh. Another reason he didn't want to be cast away, he, he didn't want to be rejected. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is why a lot of churches are being rejected, because they held back truth. In Acts chapter 20, verse 18, Paul said, And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. The Apostle Paul gave him the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And you know what? He did it publicly and he did it privately too. Paul, he'd get up in church and he would preach one thing and then when you go to them privately, you know what he preached? The same thing. He made sure they understood it. Why? He wanted to make sure they got it. Why, you know, why, didn't he just, why did he, he just do it publicly? Why did he do it privately too? Sometimes people take a little more work. But he wanted to make sure they got it because this was good for them. And I'm here today to tell you, and I've talked to a lot of these people, they are rejecting church because they are not preaching the whole truth. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. I get it. The, the news media, they're propping up the Osteens. They're propping up the Rick Warrens. They're propping up the compromisers. But I'm here today to tell you, people in this town, they don't want to go to church with a all behind the pulpit. Or in the pew. They don't want... When I first came out here, I talked to a, a very wealthy man in this town who was, um, you know, he, uh, we thought about renting a building from him. And I told him we were fundamental Baptists. And he was kind of asked what that means. And I, you know, I kind of explained what independent fundamental Baptist was. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, he's like, he's like, well, he's like, I guess you could call me then a a liberal Lutheran, I guess. And I said, oh, really? Well, why do you say that? He's like, well, he's like, our church just decided to, uh, they voted to, um, or this the, i, I don 't understand how everything works in Lutheran Church, but the group that, of Lutherans that he was in had just voted to allow ordaining homo preachers and and their church and he the, the church ended up having a big split, thank the Lord and and he actually ended up on the good side of the split because he was against it, but this is a funny thing. he was against it, but at the same time too he didn 't really know what he was going to do. Because, I mean, if the church does it, you know, oh well. But, you know, thankfully, there was a big split, and they they ended up starting another church here in town that left that group and stayed with one that didn't allow homos to be ordained. You know, but at the same time, why are a lot of churches compromising on the homo issue? They think it's so they will be accepted. They think, well, this will help us reach more people. We don't want to look bad. We don't want to look homophobic. We don't want to look like any of these things. And you got to, there's still a lot of people in this area that are saying that's not right. Listen, I you know I don't know that much about the Bible. I don't know that much about you know I I do know that God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I've heard I've heard people say that. I heard a lost guy that I worked with say that. This guy he had a filthy mouth. I worked with them. But you know what? He started talking about the homo stuff and he was like, I don't care what you say. That's not right. He, he was talking about how his wife got an invitation from a family member to a same-sex wedding and she just looked at him and was like, are we going to go to this? And he's like, bleep, no, we're not going to that. <laughs> and he, he's, just like, he's like, that's ridiculous. I, he, I, I remember going to Sunday school. God made Adam and Eve not, He said that. Adam and Steve. And, he's, and while he's talking about this, he's just dropping profanity like crazy. But I'm like sitting in the break group, and even with all the profanity, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, he, I mean, he was letting it rip. He's like, and, and people don't want that. And a lot of these churches are doing these things. You know why a lot of churches are putting the fag flag in front of it? They're thinking this will make more people accept this. No, you know what it's doing? It's making people who love truth, but maybe don't know a whole lot about the truth. They're say, I don't want anything to do with that. That's what churches are doing now. You know what? They're being cast away because these churches are holding back the truth. And there are there are people, they want somebody to tell it to them like it is. And, I, and you know what? There's a lot of people that don't. But guess what? Those people aren't going to go to the church anyway. Those people are already on their way out. They're already gone. And they're probably not even saved. And thus, there's lost people that aren't saved, but they would get saved, again, if the truth was presented to them. But the even lost people are looking and they're seeing this junk. That, a lot of lost people, they look, I've talked to these people out before. And they'll talk about how they left their church because it got a woman preacher. And they know that's wrong. They know that isn't right. When we started this church, some of the elderly people that we had coming, they they talked to me and you know, the first time I preached against the homos, they were like relieved because they had felt bad for how they felt about the homos. Because they've been being told by the news media and stuff, you're terrible if you feel that way. And it made them happy to know, hey, I'm not a terrible person because I feel this way. But let me tell you, there's a lot of elderly people that have been going to these churches and they don't say much. That's the thing. A lot of people that go into churches... They don't speak up when they see things that they don't like. But you know what they end up doing? They end up just getting out. And they're seeing this stuff. They see these women get up behind the pulpit and start preaching. And they're not going to stand up and walk out. They're not going to make a big stink. They don't have enough conviction to do that. But they still know something's wrong. And what they end up doing, they end up just getting out. I'm done. What's the point? And then those same churches that thought they were helping themselves out by compromising by you know being more woke and bringing in all the stuff they 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 can't figure out while they can't even get people to come in when they're practically throwing a party for free they got they got to do giveaways and they've got to they've got to do drawings for nintendos and playstations and things like that to even get people to want to try to come to church and then they still don't fill the place up when they do that. You know why? Because that's not what church is there for. Okay? If you want to go to a raffle, you want to go to an attempt, there's there's plenty of places out there that the Jews have for us that we can go to. The Christians don't need to be doing that. God's not gonna bless it. He has not called us to do it, so stay away. So Paul, we see him constantly warning about false teachers, warning about false doctrine. Paul made a really big true deal about preserving truth, about preserving Good doctrine, and many people today they're put off because they're not hearing the truth in these churches. They know what they're hearing is not right. The the attempt to Osteen up the message, it appears to be working because of what we're seeing on television, but that is an illusion. That is a lie of the devil. These things are an exception. They are not the rule. That is not what most people want. You know, and so we need to understand, you know, the said, Te- television is not reality. Reality television is not reality. Okay? It's fake, but that's what people are copying off of. Everybody wants to look at these rare exceptions, and then they want to follow that pattern. We've not been called to do that, and it's not even going to work. And if you do, you try to do it, it's, go- it's only going to be a matter of time, and you're going to be doing everything you can. I mean, putting on a clown costume and everything just to try to get some kind of attention, just begging to have some kind of relevance, going to all the, I mean, so when you're talking about helping out as a group of preachers with the the diversity days for Martin Luther King Day and stuff here in town, I'm sorry. You've admitted to me that you're completely useless as a church and as a pastor, and you're just begging for someone to pay attention to you and to tell you that you're needed. Folks, they don't care about us. Everybody wants to get involved. You know, all these preachers want to get invited to these things with political candidates and stuff like that. That political candidate does not care about you. He's just hoping he can convince you that you're important. So you will go home and tell your people to vote for them. But at the end of the day, he doesn't care about your message. He doesn't care about the things of God. You know, the first time they did the Capitol connection, I don't know if you're familiar with the Capitol connection, a bunch of Baptist preachers get together every year. They go to DC, they give politicians Bibles. They, it's a big photo op. It's really pretty pointless first time they did that the pastor that i knew and respected talked about meeting senator dick durbin one of the worst senators in the united states senate been there longer than i think pretty much anybody i mean just as wicked as you can get one of the most pro-abortion senators that we have and came back and told was telling this church how dick durbin gave a really good testimony of salvation and i thought are you kidding me I mean, that's what we got out of it. That, that's how good these politicians are. I mean, when Dick Durbin can convince a Baptist preacher, he's saved. When, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, that just shows that's how he's been elected so many times. That's how many times. I mean, he got, I think, I, I remember when he first ran, it was, it was back in, I think, the early 90s. He's been there ever since. And that guy needs to go, but you know, he will be there until he quits. You know why? Because he's so conniving and so convincing that he can convince a Baptist preacher that he's saved. It, it, it blows my mind. So, you know, we every community has people in it who desire to hear the truth, but they've been lied to. And so many times, a lot of them have given up, and they said these churches falling all over themselves trying to be relevant would be relevant if they just preach the truth. If they would just get up and they would call out this junk they see in politics. But you know what they do? I don't want to get political. You know, whatever candidate you choose to vote for, it's your sacred choice. You know, I'm not Republican or Democrat. You know, and they're they're saying all these things. You know, before, you know, they follow up their political statement with all these things to just disclaimer after disclaimer. You know what? Just get up and just call them wicked. Just get up. Call them Dementia Joe. It is as wicked as the devil. It's going to split hell wide open. Just just call it like it is that's what people need and you getting up there and just being all diplomatic you're not helping anybody and people are rejecting these churches because of that turn over to first corinthians 14 paul also he didn't want to be rejected because of unbiblical practices it says in 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty three. Now understand a lot of people, again, they're not going to like our, they might not like our music. They might not like our preaching. Again, because they're just carnal or whatever. We don't change what we do as a church to be more appealing to lost people. We do what we're supposed to do. Okay? But the last thing we want to do is to turn people away from this church because we're doing stuff in this church that's wrong. And it's and. 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty three. it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. Now, everybody knows verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but notice how it's followed by verses about women keeping silent in the church. Now, why is this? You know why? Because normal people understand women shouldn't be in charge in the church. They are not the ones that are supposed to be in leadership. It is, it is instinctive in us. We all know naturally as God's creation that man is to be the head of the home and the wife is to be in submission. And so to have a woman get up in church and be telling the man what to do, is a real problem. And everyone knows it. And we've already talked about that. People that have left their church because it's like a woman pastor. I know that's not right. I know that's not biblical. But you know what we have today? We've got all these trendies out there talking about egalitarianism, which is like you know equality amongst the sexes in church. And they're just, I mean, they are praising this like crazy. And folks, they're doing this to be accepted, but it's going to get them rejected. Because let me tell you, the people that prop the people up that promote the equality amongst the sexes and churches and stuff like that, the people that, are, that, are, that lift those people up are just people with a political agenda. They don't care about your church. They don't care about the things of God. They care about advancing a political ideology and feminism and a bunch of garbage. They don't care about your church and they have no problem ruining your church And that will ruin your church. But because a lot of these big voices are telling you, hey, you'll be more hip. You'll be more accepted. If you'll just get into the 20, you know, 2020s and just get rid of that, you know, old school patriarchy and all that kind of stuff. Bring in, bring in the women preachers. Go ahead and do these things. You know, ordain women. Let them be deacons in the church. Let them do all these things. That, no, that will get you cast away by those who love the truth. Those who already hate the truth, They're not going to come anyway. You know, again, you might keep some libtard in your church a little bit longer if you do that kind of thing. But eventually they're going too. They're already on their way out until they get their heart right. And so all these things that people are doing to try to be accepted, to try to appear to be relevant, are all just temporary. So, you know, it'll help things temporarily, maybe. But overall, it's going to lead them to be completely rejected. So everything, you know, because again, these people that are promoting these left-wing liberal ideologies, I mean, think think about this. Everything these people could possibly want, okay, think about homos. that act like they want to be in our church, okay? I don't know why they would even want to, but they think they should be allowed to. Okay, but here why do they need us? Everything they want is in our government. Our government, you know, homos can do anything. They have equal rights in our government. They're allowed to be in the military. Their ideologies are promoted in the schools. The news media, Hollywood, and even most churches. It's promoted everywhere. Listen, they don't need the church. To promote them and to promote their ideologies. The church needs to be the church. And the church stands against that stuff. And the church has always stood against perversion, and we've got to keep that going. We cannot stop. So, the last thing, I'll cover this quickly. Paul did not want to be rejected because he was making merchandise of the people. It says in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 9. What is my reward then ver that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power in the gospel. And so while understand while it is appropriate for a preacher, you know, to be paid and compensated and all that kind of stuff, you know, the you know what? It is a bad testimony when a preacher takes it too far and starts getting rich. You know, when you got your own airport like Kenneth Copeland, you know, buying your own jets. You know, and I shouldn't preach against this kind of stuff. It doesn't help me out any, but you know, you can't, you know, when, when you're, when you're living way above everybody else in the church, that's not really right. I don't think we should be the poorest in the church, but you know, we, I didn't take, I didn't take a vow of poverty, but you know, we don't need to be the richest either. You know, and when we're, you know, that, that's just not a good testimony. And so I don't want, you know, my luxury mansion, my Michael Jordan yacht I was talking about Wednesday. Or whatever I, I don't want those things those things probably would hinder my message if i had if I had those things if you know when you came up to our house it was it was literally the nicest house in town and stuff you'd probably be like I don't know I think you might be in it for the money <laughs> you know it it, it it probably wouldn't help and so uh we don't want to I don't want to be rejected because of that I'm not you know I, I don't think we need to try to pretend to be poor or anything you know but just be real. You know we, don't, we, we, we can live a modest life. Uh, it says in John 2.13, And the Jews' Passover was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves. And the changes of money sitting. You know the story? He went and overturned the tables. I mean, he ran them out with a whip. Why? They made his father's house a house of merchandise. Instead of... Opening that up, he said, my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. You know what they, you know, but you know what they did in that Jewish time in that Jewish community, they kept everybody else out when they were supposed to be letting them in. Cause you know what? The Jews had all the money apparently, and they wouldn't have liked these Gentiles coming in there and they made it, it, became, it was all about the money for them instead of about the souls instead of about the people. And they turned people away because of that. And people did, people were not looking for. To Jerusalem, like they were supposed to, like it was talked about in Zechariah. They were not going to it for salvation. None of those things were happening. You know why? Because they made it all about the money. They shut those people out, and we can't do that. We do not want to make merchandise of people. People want to come to a place where they will be loved with the right kind of love, and not a place that loves your money. Listen, I feel welcome when I go to Walmart. Okay? I feel welcome when I go to any pretty much any place of business. You know why? Because they want my money. That, that's why. You know, and I'm, I'm glad they treat me good when I'm there. I don't want to be treated like dirt. You know, but at the same time, um, is hopefully that's not why we treat people good here. If that's what it comes, you know, if it's all about that, we're just treating people a certain way because we're thinking, man, that's some extra tithe around here. You know, we could do that. That's terrible, folks you know what, if I went to a church like that and I felt like they just wanted my money, I wouldn't want to go to that church either. And, and so that, the Apostle Paul, you know, he was very careful how he operated because he didn't, he didn't want to offend people with that because he didn't care about their money. Paul wasn't interested in what he could get from the people. He was interested in what he could give to the people. And so he was, he was willing to do without and he was able to you know, be in single like he was So we obviously want people to have a pleasant experience when they come here, but it should be because we love their souls. That that should be the motivation. So the churches in this community and across the country, they are going to have to continue to come up with new schemes to get attention in their community because, let's face it, they let some things go, and as a result, they have been cast away. And it's time for churches to just get back to doing what they've been called to do. Take the bad press, take the criticism. And then this way we can be accepted by those who actually do have a desire for the truth and to hear the truth of the word of God. Because there are, there's a lot of those people in this community who they have a desire for the truth, but they've been turned off big time by things that they've seen They've cast away many churches. We hope they'll give us a chance too. And hopefully eventually we'll get to those people with the truth. But we must never be deceived by the devil in compromising these things. That will cause us to be cast away like Paul talked about. And that's, that's bad. Those, that's a bad cast away. If you get rejected at somebody's door because they don't like what we preach about the sodomites or something like that, you know, oh, well, you know, don't be mean to them. They've been brainwashed. Pray that you know the truth will get to them eventually. But you know, let's not be cast away because of these other the things that Paul was worried about. Let's let's keep our flat, our bodies in subjection. Let's keep our motivations right. Let's keep things biblical. Let's keep preaching the truth, and we're going to keep finding people that want it. And our church will be relevant if we do that. So that's prayer, dear Lord. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the example uh, that the Apostle Paul gave us. And I pray we'll learn from it. I pray, Lord, we will not be tempted to fall for the lies of the devil and compromise and change the message, Lord, and just go along. But I pray you will help us to be a light, help us to make a difference, help us to be willing to take some of the grief that comes with preaching the truth. And I pray you will help us to find those that are uh, honestly searching for the truth that are out there. I know there are many. Help us to be an example. In your name we pray. Amen.